This is episode number three with Master Acrobat, Pat Graves. Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourself. Each day, we try to upgrade ourselves. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week, we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and Pat today. Pat has created a job for himself out of something that he has loved doing for as long as he can remember, flipping. The stunts that he's able to perform are ridiculous and I'm impressed every single time. Today, Pat and I talked about how flipping has helped him fight depression in the past and how it continues to support him every single day. He talks about the power of being in pursuit of something that is so unique to yourself. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment, engage with me, subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review, move this thing up the ranks. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the one, the only, Pat Graves. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Best You. I got the one and only Pat Graves with me hey. here today, otherwise known as Flip a Day. Um, I'm stoked to have him. Uh, I've seen his videos and everything like that, and I actually went and watched one of his the live shooting of the video. And it was super cool. Uh, really cool to see him energetic and going after it and everything like that. But how I want to start today is just so you kind of tell a little bit of the background of how Flip a Day started and the Inspire Happiness movement that you started. Cool. Yeah. So Flip a Day started on January 1st, 2014. Okay. Um, and went until January 19th, 2017. So it was 1,115 days in a row. Um, what inspired me to start it was flipping has always been something that has, that has made me genuinely happy uh, ever since I can remember. And um, I was going through, and I've battled depression, and so I wanted to do something that would create a happier lifestyle for me. And so flipping being something that has always made me happy, decided to do it every day, and film every one of them, post them every day to keep myself accountable. Had you gotten out of your depression state before you started, or did that lead you kind of out of that state? Um, well, depression is, is an ongoing battle. It mm -hmm. certainly helped alleviate the symptoms because you know, depression, you're just, you're locked in this kind of googly state where everything may be great in your life, um, but for some reason, you just can't feel good. You can't get the motivation to get up and, and get going. And so by posting these videos and telling people I was doing this and keeping myself accountable, it gave me that fuel because I didn't want to necessarily let people down. And I also wanted to know, I also understood that by helping myself, I could be helping others. Um, so it certainly helped with the depression. Right. Um, you know, I still battle with depression. But with something like flipping, you have to be in the present moment because you can't be thinking about anything else. So, yeah, flipping definitely, definitely helps with depression. So what would you advise somebody or what would your advice to be, be to somebody who has depression on kind of how to work through it and maybe how to get to the other end of it? Man, just whatever, whatever it takes to get that engine rolling, just go. Just turn it on and go. I know it's hard. But you just have to muster up the strength and the courage and just being like, screw it. I need to do this for myself and just do it. When Once you, you break through that wall, 
things will get a little bit easier. When you say get that engine rolling, what do you mean? Just you find that that spot within yourself that inner determination you know you might have to connect within this you might have to connect with yourself in a way you've never connected with yourself before you might have to dig a little deeper find that part of you it exists find that part of you that can see the light in all the darkness mm-hmm. um, not to sound cliche but it's true I mean times can get very dark and sometimes it doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel but trust me there always is gotcha one thing I heard you say on that national local news interview you did back in I think February yeah. was they asked you how many uh, the longest time or the longest number of attempts it took and you said maybe about 600 yeah and obviously not all of them are on the first try that's for sure um, no. but what's it like having to fail time and time again and keep yourself motivated to keep trying is do, do you ever get to a point where you think maybe I'm never gonna make this uh, I do my best to never let that thought get in my head. Um, and what really continues to encourage me when I'm in the midst of such an intense challenge is how close I will have gotten so many times. Mm. Um, that specific one that took, I think, maybe 600 attempts was, uh, it's called the crazy gravy train. Okay. So basically I do a front flip with a 360 between the legs, behind the back, and dunk it. I'm a perfectionist. I made it 12 times uh, where my hand didn't touch the rim. And so I didn't call that a dunk. So I had to make it, you know, where my hand touched the rim. Um, So in those times of challenge, that belief in yourself, like that belief in myself, uh, is really what kept it going. And then just the fact that I was having so much fun. Right. I knew I was doing something that most likely no one else in the world has ever done and that's a really cool feeling know that you're knowing that you're in the pursuit of something very unique to yourself Mm. um you'll hear me muttering things like positivity patient positivity patience perseverance that is what keeps the keeps the gears going you know it keeps the motor running right it keeps me pushing toward what i know i can achieve gotcha what is the hardest part about flip a day is it the constant failure that you have during those attempts? Uh, the failure is something I'm just used to. Okay. You know? Every failure is a chance to learn. And so I don't look at a failure as something that's a setback. You know, people call, you know, like, um, you know, I had a failure. I took an L. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I, yeah, if you're taking an L as far as like learning, you know, you've learned something, <laughs> yeah. But you certainly don't lose something when you fail. Um, what I do is like, you know, obviously I fail all the time. I just take like a little mental note, uh, mainly about how I think that motion or shot should feel. Mm-hmm. Um, flipping is, is all about feeling. I don't really think when I do it, I just kind of feel it out. Yeah. So you talked about positivity, patience, and perseverance. Are those yeah. the three? Awesome. Another My thing. three P's to success. <laughs> there you go. Another thing I hear you talk a lot about and on your Instagram story a lot is gratitude. Yeah. Um, and I think that we've talked before that you kind of put that part of your morning routine. Mm-hmm. So what does your morning routine look like? I know you're a big morning routine. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Mornings mornings are my favorite. Um, I just think it's such a clean slate to start the day. Um, I like to wake up and before I do anything, before I look at my phone, I sit there and just at very least for five minutes, just think about things that make me happy. Think about how I can make other people happy. You know, how can I, how can I treat myself 
so that I can be better to others. And that by doing that, I think of things that are that I'm grateful for. You know, by thinking of things that you're grateful for, you're going to feel good. You're going to be in a lighter, more positive state. You're going to be attracting similar energy. And I think if you give off that energy, then you're going to be receiving the same thing, you know? You put out what you, I guess you get what you put out. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that I've heard is that gratitude is the most important human emotion and it's the most powerful human emotion. And I think that people being able to speak that kind of gratitude into their mind would be huge, especially yeah. starting off the day. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people will hear the alarm and they'll be like, oh, man, it's like this morning, you know, I woke up at, uh, I woke up at 5.45 and that's early you know, for, for pretty much everyone. Uh, that's not like a normal thing for me, but I have a lot that I want to get done. And I, that's how I look at it. I look at it as, oh man, I'm awake. Yeah. I get to work on things that I want to work on. I get to just be alive and experience this whole crazy thing that we're all a part of. And everybody's got the ability to, to think for themselves. And that alone is just something that you have to be grateful for. Looking at the simple things like the ability to move your hands, the ability to breathe, you know, just simple things like that will help you put this gratitude bubble around you and you'll find that within that space you're more productive you're more creative you're way more relaxed um, and I think that's where you're going to really find and connect with your true potential yeah that's that's cool how were you able to cultivate that kind of gratitude into your life is it simply just practice or how are you able to stay consistent with being able to have that kind of gratitude every morning it's it's really mental conditioning you know Thoughts, intrusive thoughts, you know, negative thoughts can pop in your head. And what I like to do is if I have a negative thought or, you know, something that's intrusive that you know, I'm not saying you don't, you shouldn't have negative thoughts. People are going to think negative things. It's just the ebb and flow, you know, the yin and yang. But if it's something intrusive that I really don't want to be thinking about at the time, I'll accept it. And I'll kind of like in my head, just imagine like a white light around it. And just be like, I'm good right now, man. I'm. Thank you, you know, and I, I'll try to just laser focus on the good things. And being someone who battles, you know, ADD, not severely, but definitely, mm -hmm. um, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to be like, you know, there's like a constant knocking on the door and you're like totally trying to laser in, but yeah. sometimes your head's going to turn. Gotcha. You know? So let's kind of go back to flip it a little bit. I think that. One of the things that I can notice after every, after watching every single one of your videos is every time you make it, you were just absolutely stoked. Like that inner <laughs> child, like you mentioned before we started, yeah. kind of came out of you and you're just absolutely fired up. So you can tell you're passionate for it. I want you to kind of speak towards doing something that you are passionate about instead of going down kind of the rabbit hole of maybe just doing what a lot of other people do in order to either make money or live your life. For sure. I actually just made a post about this very thing this morning. Um, flipping was something that naturally resonated with me since I can remember. I'm very fortunate for that, uh, especially at such a young age. I mean, my mom told me it was at age two. She started seeing me climb up on the couch and start throwing myself end over end. So I remember being like 15 and trying to figure out what I wanted my life to be. What did I want to what did I want to do with my life? Mm -hmm. What did I want to be? And I noticed that there were two things throughout my whole life that constantly made me happy. And that was flipping and music. And so, like we were talking about you know, before this interview, 
Um, I think finding something that truly makes you happy and figuring out a way to make a living off that is a way that's possible these days because of things like social media. You, you have access to literally millions of people at your fingertips. So anything is possible. And instead of going the, you know, the beaten route of like, hey, here's the blueprint of how many other people have been successful, you should do that too. See if that resonates with you. If it does, go for it. But if there's something that kind of rubs you the wrong way on it, then you know, see what really truly connects with you, what you connect with, and run with it. Gotcha. There's, there's a way. If you ask good questions, you're gonna get better answers. Gotcha, you talked about when you were 15, you realized that you were trying to answer the question, what is my passion, what do I wanna go do? And I think that's how all high schoolers are kind of, yeah. they start getting those questions at 14, 15, 16, 17, when before they're going to college, it's like, oh, what do you wanna major in? Or what do you wanna grow up and right. do and stuff like that? And I know when I got those questions in high school, I hated it. Yeah. I said, I like sports, and that was kind of my the end of my answer. I didn't have anything legitimate. Yeah. So what would you say to 15-year-olds or your 15-year-old self on how to properly go about figuring out what you're passionate about? I think you said that flipping kind of came to you pretty quickly, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't have that thing right off the bat. So how would you say to attack to find and develop your passion? Experience things. Dip your toe in the water. If that water is kind of cold, dip your toe in that water. Mm -hmm. That's like a little better than go somewhere similar. You know, just try things. You never know until you try. And in the beginning, I was just telling you about this with some of my trick shots, things may feel strange. But because things feel strange don't mean that you should be completely deterred. Strange is just something that's unfamiliar. How do you get to make something familiar. Do it a bit. Mm -hmm. Get to learn what it is. See if maybe on the surface it may not you know, be the most appealing thing, but dig a little deeper and you're like, wait, this is actually awesome. So if you're struggling with, with trying to find what you're passionate about, what truly makes you happy, what you love, just try a bunch of things out. Yeah. You didn't know what your favorite cereal was until you tried a bunch of them. That's a good point. Yeah. Gotcha. I definitely kind of resonate with that a little bit. Before Flip-A-Day, did you know how long you were going to go for? Or did you? was it just an ever-ending, everlasting thing? That's a good question. Um, I initially started thinking I was going to do it for a year. Okay. I wanted to commit myself to something for one year to see what it was like and have it just be one specific thing. I had to do one flip every single day, film it and post it before midnight on that day. So by day 366, I had realized that I was having a lot of fun and I didn't feel like I had even accomplished anything close to what I knew I could accomplish because I, I felt like I needed to ration my cooler flips. Mm -hmm. And 365 days goes by fast. Yeah. And because flipping can be so, it's such a creative venture, no one looks the same flipping. You know, there's no identical flip or whatever. Um, I wanted to experiment. I wanted to come up with new ideas. I just felt like if I stopped at day 365, I would have had a lot of unfinished business. And I was healthy. I was enjoying it. Why not? So I just 
I kept going. Was it at day 365 where you made the decision that you were going to keep going, or did you realize before that that's what you wanted to continue to do? It was right around that time. I, I think I had been like dabbling with the idea because if you look back at like day 355, you hear me say, 10 days left. Yeah. And I don't think that I had fully decided. And if I had, I wasn't being transparent about it at the time. Um, so if you look at day 366, um, it's like New Year's Day and I'm at my apartment and I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if I did? And it cuts to me in a handstand clapping with my feet going, <laughs> day 366! Oh, and I just cool. chuck a backflip. Um, and it was it was that that kept going. That very thing like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. This is fun. Right. So, And I just felt like I had started getting some positive feedback at that time. And yeah. I, a lot of people supported me. And that was people that I was close with, people that I had never met before. And I think that's a very beautiful thing. Mm. Gotcha. So I'm going to kind of step away from Flip a Day just for a second. Yeah. And something that I actually saw not too long ago on your Instagram is that you were at Virginia Tech when there was that god-awful shooting. Yeah. Uh, what was that like and how did that affect you? Man, that was uh, that was scary. Um, I remember that morning waking up. It was April 16th. And normally at Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, that type of year, that time of year is just gorgeous. But I recognized it was snowing. I was like, it, that, for some reason, just made me feel a little off. And we had gotten an email about someone being, you know, the, the people in the dorm being killed. And that was in the, the, not the dorm room, but the dorm building across from my room, uh, across from my dorm building. And that was just shocking. Like, man, like it really struck close, close to home. And I had a class at 9.40 that morning, and I was getting ready to leave my building and walk across the dorm, or walk across the drill field. And I see my buddy Sheck, Sheck Dikite. He's a big six, uh, he was six nine, Jeez. big six nine basketball player. Okay. Unbelievable guy. But he was walking, you know, hustling back inside and... I look out and I see like cops running like with guns drawn and he's like, Pat, Pat. He picks me up by my backpack straps and like turns me around. He's go, go, there's guns out there. He's from Mali, West Africa. And I was just confused, like what's going on? We go up in my dorm room and we turn the TV on and just watch this mm. unfold. And you know, I remember, you know, I had my window just cracked in my dorm because we didn't, I don't think we had any heat or, or air conditioning. Um, and I remember hearing screams and things like that. And that was just, that was haunting. And I remember trying to get a hold of people and not being able to because, of course, it's on national news now. All these friends and parents and siblings and relatives are trying to call people at Virginia Tech. So the phone lines were all sorts of crazy and some people were in places that didn't get cell phone reception and it's just this big scary mess and um it didn't really hit me until the next morning when i came back on campus um that night i had ended up going to the swim and dive house um, i was on the swim and dive team at the time h2o keys what's up <laughs> <laughs> and uh gratefully all of us were together all of us were okay 
Um, didn't make the situation any lighter though. And like I was saying, it didn't hit me until I came back on campus the next morning because that's when it became real. I pulled onto West Campus Drive and the streets, the curbs were just lined with kids. And you know they're holding their heads and just crying and people are hugging each other and there's news cameras and vans everywhere. And I called my mom and I was like, mom, this is awful and I just started crying. It was, it was really, really just gruesome, the thought of how someone could do that to so many innocent people who had such bright futures and, and teachers who were giving such light and knowledge to these young kids. It was absolutely gut-wrenching, heartbreaking. And so that what that event did to Virginia Tech, though, completely reshaped the campus not talking physically i'm talking the camaraderie the brother and sisterhood between the students and faculty there is unlike anything i've ever experienced and i remember being there after the shooting and being like i am in the safest place in the country right now Mm -hmm. even after that happened because of the love, the understanding, the, you know, just the togetherness. Right. Um, that really was a light at the end of the tunnel. That's super cool. Yeah. So when you look back on that event now, what goes through your mind? What was your biggest takeaway from it? That, that, that lesson of even within the most horrific tragedy that has hit closest to my life there still was that shining light even when you if you're looking around and you see nothing but darkness keep looking there's something there you know every action has an equal and opposite reaction Hmm. so like something that was so dark and gruesome created a light that it was tiny at the time but it created a light that was so bright and so positive so loving and so warm that once I was able to focus on that, that was the positive takeaway. And that's something that stuck with me forever mm. is just that lesson. Yeah, I think that's happens kind of over a lot of times over history. I mean, I feel like that's how yeah. a lot of the country would think about with 9-11. I think the way people get through that is being able to rally around each other. Yeah. And that's the kind of the beauty in the terror and the horribleness of it because sometimes that's the only time that people take to actually connect with others and reach out and talk to them about legitimate things instead of just surface to surface level kind of stuff so i think that's one of the things that's really powerful yeah about again finding the light at the end of the tunnel as you said right right it it really woke people up Mm. things like that really wake people up look at the state of our country right now it really wakes people up to issues that need to be addressed Issues that can't be ignored anymore. And unfortunately, it takes something so dark, so gruesome, so negative, whatever, to draw attention to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people have so much going on in their dizzying, busy lives. I mean, look at us. We're super busy. Mm -hmm. We get it. But you can't neglect that kind of thing. And when something comes to a head that's so negative it just forces it um the one thing that you know that was really negative for me 
at that time, Virginia Tech closed classes the rest of the week. And they gave students the opportunity to either, hey, you can take your grade you know, with what it is, and that will be what you can be done for the semester. I thought that was very great of them to do. Um, they also said, you can stay and, and continue you know, and, and try to improve your grade. That's fine, too. Um, they gave you a choice, though. Um, that was great. I thought Virginia Tech handled everything beautifully. Mm. Uh, much love to the to the staff and Charles Steger, rest in peace. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really well done. The thing that kind of irked me though was how the media handled it. I remember it being exactly one week after the shooting, and it was the first day back at classes. And I remember coming out of the class, and obviously everybody's kind of on edge, you know, and. We're still very much so in the raw morning process of this. And I walk out of my first class. Um, it was in Pamplin. And walked out of the front doors and it was like, boom! There's cameras and people sticking mics in your face. How do you feel? And it's like, how do you think I'm feeling? Like, yeah. I'm a little on edge. Like, get this mic out of my face. Yeah. You know, why don't you focus on what's beautifully happening here? You know, why don't you focus on how... how you know, the groups over there that are, are recovering or something. It's like, I know it's it's hard. They they may have been trying to do that, but at the time, it just, the Didn't way they were bad. approaching it, and just, boom, here's a mic in your face. And it was just like, give us time. Yeah. You know, maybe you should sit back and kind of observe, then feel how about you're going to yeah. approach it. I gotcha. I mean, I guess it's just how media can be. No, I, yeah, I understand that. So I want to go back to Flip-A-Day, and I want to ask you what really brings you so much happiness about being in the air and doing these flips and doing these shots? The ability to be completely present. So much of what I deal with as far as anxiety and depression and things like that is because my mind can't stay in one spot. It thinks too far in the future, it thinks too far in the past, or you know, thinks to the million things that I have to think about every day. But when I'm flipping and when I'm just in the midst of some of these just super intense challenges um, and workouts really um, I'm nowhere else but there and that is a happy place in my mind so if I, if I can be a happy place if I can be in a happy place in my mind then it's going to flow throughout the body I'm going to feel good and I hear, I've heard you say the term weightless expressions before yeah yeah um, so what does that mean and look like to you so weightless expressions is something that I came up with maybe a month and a half ago and it's being weightless for me is a form of medicine because of how it helps with the symptoms of anxiety, depression, perseveration, you know, just overanalyzing things and just working yourself up. When I'm weightless, that's, like I said, medicine. All acrobats, I think, are artists. They're artists in their own way. And it's such an individual form of expression just as like no painter can paint the same exact stroke as, mm. as another. No acrobat can look the exact same as another acrobat. It can be very, very similar. They can look almost like twins, but everyone's got their own way of expressing themselves through acrobatics and being weightless. And that's something that just kind of came to me is weightless expressions. If people want to be weightless, if people want to learn how to flip, I want there to be a place where them for them to come and do that and I would love to continue instructing and kind of preaching this mentality and just 
giving the gift of controlled weightlessness. Yeah. And I like how the acronym of weightless expressions is we. Yeah. That's big for me. Oh, hey, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I'm sure a lot of people ask you a bunch of questions about these trick shots, how you do it, and probably a, a lot of different things. But is there a particular question that people never ask you that you wish they did ask? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, uh, something that they would, uh, something I would like for people to ask. I don't know. It's, I'm so open to questions. Right. I'm not afraid. Is it anything, you know, I'm sure a lot of people ask you questions about how you come up with the shot, maybe, or how, yeah. you know, exactly how did you go about it? How was the setup? So is there anything that kind of outside of the shot itself that you wish people would ask you? Uh, the process of coming up with the shots is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very visual. Yeah. Um, almost meditative. You kind of let certain ideas or kind of body motions or, or sensations kind of come to you. Mm -hmm. And then with the surroundings that I know I have available, then I kind of puzzle piece stuff together. Okay. And uh, at my house right now, I have a, a white erase board. Yeah. And um, I'll map them out. Yeah. The frame rates oh, yeah. and resolutions. Um, but I, I, I'm very big on visualization and the law of attraction and really trying to occupy the space of success before it even happens. Gotcha. So the more I can visualize the shot and descriptively kind of piece it together, the more likely I'm going to have fun while I'm doing it because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's this big thing that I'm a part of. And the more likely I will be able to succeed because I've run it through my head so many times. Have you ever made a shot on the first try? A lot of people ask me that yeah. one. Um, I've made some dunks on the first try okay. only after I've already completed them once. Mm -hmm. Typically with dunks, some of them will have taken me, you know, five tries. Some of them will have taken me 600. Yeah. Um, but after I do them once, I've already unlocked that pathway. And I remember certain sensations that I was feeling or certain things I needed to think about on the successful attempt attempt, so I can kind of recreate that again. Um, the fastest one has been a uh, second try. Okay. That was off camera. Um, fastest one on camera was a trick shot um, where I did a backflip, put the ball in between my feet, did another backflip, threw the ball with my feet yeah. off the wall and back into the hoop. Okay. Um, that one was five tries. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very good. Well, one question I do like to ask every single person uh, towards the end is that, you know, I think we all have goals and aspirations about things we want to do, things we want to accomplish and create. So how old are you right now? 30. 30? Okay. Yeah. And 10 years down the road, you're going to be 40. Yeah. Um, what does 40-year-old Pat Graves look like? What has he done? What has he accomplished? Awesome. I love it. 40-year-old Pat Graves. Definitely still flipping. Okay. Uh, is known as someone who, through his 30s, got really into taking care of his health. Not saying that I haven't in the past, but I want to get very adamant about that. Um, Flip a Day has its own gym, that, you know, its own place. You know, I guess, I guess I'm speaking like Flip a Day is like third person, but I mean, <laughs> Flip a Day is, is more so a thing. I'm, I'm not personally Flip a Day. Right. People call me that, I respond, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there is a location that I own um, where I can teach trick shots. I can teach 
acrobatics, trampoline, tumbling. I can teach that. I have a whole team of people working for me. Um, Inspire Happiness is a movement that is alive and flourishing. I'm doing, I'm doing motivational speaking. Um, I'm still playing a ton of music with my best friends. Um, a lot of things in the cards. A lot of things yeah. in the cards. You but got 10 years. Yeah, you know, it's all, it's all things that make me happy. I'm trying to, to build the big picture gotcha. around something that I can see myself doing the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. One thing I want you to speak towards is you talked about having a flip a day gym where you help people uh, show them how to do these trick shots and coach them and stuff like that. I want you to speak on a little bit more of why you want the gym and what you want that to provide to people. Awesome. Yeah, that that is essentially special to me because I would love for that location, that building, that environment to be a beacon of light for people who need it. And because I remember when I would get the opportunity to go to practice and I'm so grateful that my mom was able to take me to the practice and, you know, afford the classes and things like that. That would be something that I would look forward to every day. And for me to provide that opportunity to other people and to give them the gift of weightlessness and to give them the gift of, you know, the sensation of doing a standing backflip or whatever, that right there I think would be the most fulfilling thing is just giving that belief in themselves giving them that sensation that just that lifestyle right that would be what really does it for me that's awesome well before i ask the last question i want to acknowledge you for a second for wanting to be the light of the end of the tunnel for other people and bring that beacon of hope you're not alone you're not alone there you go ever (laughs) ever that's awesome but and being able to always bring out that inner child like i said earlier you're just unbelievably stoked after you make these shots and do these different things and it really shows out as authentic and i think that's why you've built the following that you have and everything is people can see the authenticity and are attracted to it and want to bring that out in themselves so i think that's really cool thank you um but uh where can people find you obviously flip a day on instagram do you spend time anywhere else i mainly do flip a day at Flip a Day on Instagram. Yep, and that's just F L I P A D A Y. Yeah. Perfect. No dashes or no hyphens, nothing. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Facebook, Flip a Day. Um, I do have Flip a Day's private lessons on Facebook. People can schedule private lessons through there. Uh, my website is in development. Um, and I'm still uh, building my YouTube channel. I have this plan that I'm about to roll out. Awesome. Start executing. Yeah, well, everybody go follow him on Instagram because he does some absurd, uh, insane stuff, and it's really cool to watch him daily uh, do this kind of stuff, so it's really cool. But the last question I like to ask everybody is, so my passion and my energy comes from simply wanting to people, people to become the best version of themselves. And I, It's apparent. I hate cliches because yeah. I don't think a lot of people give enough direction towards the cliche because it's very easy to say become the best version of yourself and leave it there and leave people wondering how do I do that and mm-hmm. so one question I want to ask you is for you personally what are three things that you could currently do or work on to get to be closer to be the best version of yourself first one to be closer to the best version of myself would be meditate more mm. second one would be they'd kind of be coupled would be um, eat a bit healthier and and work out more. I mean, flip a day itself is a workout, but mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather um, I'd rather not just have flipping be my workout. Um, and then three, I think, would be read more. 
Okay. Um, I'm a big advocate of reading because it's brain food. You know, you can read something that will stick with you the rest of your life. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Three great things, man. I appreciate you coming in here. Dude, Have grateful a great time. to be here. Yeah. This is awesome. Awesome, dude. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. You can go support Pat by following him on Instagram and Facebook at Flipaday and checking out the crazy trick shots and flips that he does every single day. Just remember, creating more positive energy for yourself is important for you but also important in order to shed it on others that are around you on a daily basis. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.